welcome adventurer to the Level Up Board Game Podcast, a show that uses your experiences and opinions to discuss board games and the gaming community. Join the heroes as they conquer perils such as meeples, cards, and miniatures, all in an effort to level up. You're listening to the Level Up Board Game Podcast. Well, adventurers, our blades have been dulled and our shields cracked, but we've officially conquered the epic quest that is Origins. That we certainly have, and I mean, it's time to sit down, polish our swords, clean up our armor, and get ready for the next adventure that may come up and face us. Oh, and with that comes a bunch of chat. Thank you so much for having us in your day today. We're happy to get that side quest out during the con for an update, but today we get to share all the gaming glory and give some wrap-up. We're going to share some of our quick audio interviews so you can hear what's coming up next straight from the publishers. We're going to chat about some of the stuff that we played, and of course this episode wouldn't be complete without sharing some of our standout games, so episode 63 is going to be a good one. Thanks for joining us. Well, first thing I got to find out is Mm -hmm. what was your general thoughts of it? Uh, there were a lot of steps. If you wanted to get anywhere, you had to go up an escalator, downstairs, around. <laughs> no, it was it was wonderful. Uh, you know, it was really cool to see a bunch of faces that we knew, especially you. Man, I'm t- every corner we turn, somebody's like, hey, it's the king. Hey, it's Scott. <laughs> I might not have gotten that, but we did get to meet up with Ryan. Uh, I did get to hang out with Will for a good bit. We got to meet um, uh, Grant from Grant's Game Rex. Uh, yes, he's the guy with the killer mustache and always has on glasses, uh, does the YouTube videos and whatnot. So I got to connect with Grant a little bit. The atmosphere was fun. It was big. It was thoroughly enjoyable. Slam dunk. Loved it. That's awesome. I know coming back to it after a couple years away, it was just like kind of a homecoming going back to it. And then I was really surprised at how many little things like popped back in my head. And I remembered, oh, this is where you want to go for this. This is where you want to go for this. And it was just a great feeling to be back in the whole thick of things with Origins. Mm -hmm. Now, it was a little bit smaller than normal. It didn't seem as crowded, but still, there was a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Can't wait till next year. Before we share too much of our thoughts, let's uh, do a little update in the opening banner. Clash of Galliforms. Talked about this one a few episodes ago. It is live on Kickstarter, and it's well on its way to funding. We talked Nut Hunt a few episodes back. This comes from Pine Island Games. Jasper's got that one funded. They're at about 300% with a lot of time left to go. Congrats to Jasper. Finally, adventurers, we did our side quest, Leviathan Wilds. We got to sit down with Justin and talk all about it. We know that's going live. Now we have a date, July 12th. Go back to episode 58. That's our side quest all about Leviathan Wilds. You want to get a little bit of a Shadow of the Colossus vibe in a co-op game. That's a game you're going to love. Yeah, good times with all those. Congrats to Jasper. Once again, I'm glad the people didn't get hung up like I did. Whenever I look at Nut Hunt, it looks like a cutesy <laughs> little game. No, it is really a great game, and I'm so happy for Jasper that it funded. So kudos to you guys. Scott, I mentioned in the con update episode back last week about how the car had some issues. I forgot yeah. one very important kind of surreal detail. So we get in the 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 new van, the replacement war wagon, and we're All on right. our way. And, and they, they went some off-the-beaten pathways. There was apparently construction on the highway. So we're going through the country in Ohio. And I took a little nap, which I'm one to do. Got got a, We went into sheets. We got a big old lunch you know after we were in the new van i got mm-hmm. this giant beer right i got a pounder of something or other and i was like 
oh, why do I have to wait in this big long line? They're obviously slammed. I'm going to use the self-checkout. That's going to be so quick and easy. Not with a beer. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> right. The, 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 I mean, self-checkout can't card you. Yeah. So they, they have to, uh, they have to like stop what they're doing, come over, cancel that out, and I had to wait in the line. But that's not this real part. I get back in the van. I crush this beer, and I, I took a little nap, as I'm one to do. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard Convoy from C.W. McCall, that old song about trucks in a convoy? Oh, yeah. You know the one uh, probably about 30, 40 years ago, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. My dad had that on vinyl. My dad my dad was probably a giant nerd, right? I, I love Led Zeppelin and all the good music from his era, and he liked the, well, say the Kind of not great. <laughs> Here I'm ripping on convoy. Dude, I woke up from my left to convoy, apparently on repeat. Because it end, I'm sitting there like, you know, eyes kind of closed, kind of half in, half out. I'm like, wow, I haven't heard this song since I was a little kid. And then it ends, and then it starts again. And then it ended, and then it started again. And I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> it was so weird. Oh, my. That was, it was so much fun getting out there and uh, glad that we have some stories to tell. You were a VIG, weren't you? Yes, before we got our media badges and everything, I figured, well, I'm saving money on the room this year, so why don't I go a little bit bigger? So I was a VIG, a very important gamer. Mm -hmm. Now, whenever we got there, you got a special room you got to go into, and whenever you go in, boom, they give you this bag full of games, a t-shirt, a couple other things, and this huge stack of games. They're like, go over and take another one. Nice. I'm like, all right. No problem. I'll go over. I'll take another one. I grabbed Galaxy Trucker. I don't have that one. Why not? A couple of days later, I was thinking, you know what? I'm kind of like worked up. They're supposed to have this lounge for us and places for us to play games and everything mm-hmm. for the VIGs. You weren't and- feeling exclusive, huh? No, no, no. I, I, I needed to get back up on my pedestal here a little bit. So I went back over there. There was a person who was not really excited to be where they were checking on the VIGs. Okay. They were just kind of like, okay, what's your name? Have you been in today? Take a game. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go take a game. So I went back over to the pile. Wait, so you get a a new game every day? You just walk in there every day and you're like, Evidently you did. So Uh I went back every day and I got a new game every day. I like what they're doing with mm-hmm. this. I think it's a good idea, but the actual execution, uh, that's the word execution of it. Yeah, I was thinking of execution for some of the people there, but uh, <laughs> the actual execution of the room was a bit off. It didn't have like the, the feel for things. Once you went in the second day, there were like these 3d puzzles they had of like a big star destroyer, uh, Iron Man's helmet, all this kind of stuff like that. They have no idea where the stuff came from. They're just like, yeah, you can't buy them here. It was just, there was no excitement with it. I mean, it was there. It's a good idea, but I think they need to tweak a few things for next year to make it even that much better and really make the people feel that had spent that extra money to feel a little bit better about things, to be able to get in there and really have a time to talk with people and chat with people and just have a good time. So it's a work in progress, but still, hey, I got a bunch of free games out of it, so I'm happy. Good. 
Good. And hopefully you were happy playing a game of obsession with Ryan. One thing that, you know, we take for granted is that we're doing this kind of as an extension of our hobby of playing games. We've come to meet people doing this and, and that that was teacher Ryan in the flesh, purple hair mm-hmm. and everything. Being able to sit like I haven't seen him since PAX and we've played on TTS a few times. Being able to actually sit down and enjoy a game with someone, you know, it, it's kind of nice that what started out as just like a little side project hobby here, it's turning into like, oh, I know some people. When I go to these these conventions, oh, yes. I would not know if we weren't doing this. That's kind of cool. And quite frankly, Obsession is awesome. <laughs> That's a cool game. I, I was waiting for you guys to like kick me out of the game because I was really having like Downton Abbey flashbacks here. Now, Ryan, he went the whole part and he just pimped out everything on this game here i mean he had everything he had metal coins Mm -hmm. he had screen printed meeples and i swear to god those screen printed meeples were made without touching the ip of downton abbey to look just like the characters from that thing i'm like oh i'm gonna move thomas over there oh wait i'm gonna move carson over there oh there's bates bates better get into this and you guys i know we're like oh god just shut up and move your thing (laughs) adventure scott's taking pictures and sending them to his wife of the meeples he's like look name these characters and she's actually interact at one point he broke out a lace trimmed umbrella and a tea and saucer cup (laughs) Oh, it was so worth it. No, it was everything I expected that game to be. I had an absolute blast playing it. I mean, however much fun you can have playing a game of setting up high tea or a croquet game for the uppity ups. I don't know, but I had a freaking blast doing that game. (laughs) Uh, you know what? It, it's funny. I always, whenever we're interacting with folks online, you know, a, a lot of people ask the question about like, you know, I'm spending so much on games. I'm, you know, the acquisition disorder. I'm, I'm getting in more games than I can. And, you know, one of the things that I always tell people is, you know, you got to think about the experience. Like when you picture that game on the shelf and you're thinking about buying it, like for me anyway, a lot of it comes down to, am I just envisioning my friends playing this game where we're building a zoo or passing on our legacy or whatever it might be. So much of the joy of any given game is when you envision your friends around the table and and just soaking in the theme and pointing fingers and having a good time playing playing. And you know, we had a good bit of that. I really enjoyed one of the plays that we had was uh just cracking some beers open and playing Veiled Fate with Melissa and Ryan the one night at mm-hmm. the Airbnb. Man, there's something really nice about being able to to actually get in that atmosphere with people you don't get to game with as often and just have a good time. And we had a good bit of that. So many times whenever I'm going to something and I'm picking games to go, I'm like, okay, this game, will that work for that person? Uh, That person might not like it, but then if I get this, this might apply to more of the people. It's so much more fun to get together with people that are just so open to just They'll play whatever, put it on the table. We'll play. Mm -hmm. Let's go. You aren't sitting there worrying about their experience and you're just, you're all fumbling through it at the same time. You're chatting about it. You all have the same lingo that you're throwing out as far as what's going on with like the drafting and doing this. And, oh, I'm going to hate draft the hell out of this thing. It's just something when everyone's on the same page Mm -hmm. that makes it that much more rewarding. I just got to keep Ryan here going one more time. All right. We did play one other game here. I got to play Doctor Who Time of the Daleks with Ryan. Mm -hmm. So we grabbed that from the library. We played it horribly wrong. We had so much junk on that thing. (laughs) But 
we had an absolute blast. Now, an update since then. Oh, update. You, you get the main game. Well, you get a box with four doctors. That means what? There are nine more doctors out there. And guess what? Gale Force 9 gives you the different packs where you can buy all the doctors. Absolutely. And different adventures for them to go on and their companions to go on. You bought and them Ryan all, didn't you? Ryan sent me a picture. There is a stack that Ryan bought of the entire set oh, nice. of all the doctors and everything else. So I can't wait till the next time we get together with Ryan and we sit down and we play an epic game of Time of the Daleks. That's awesome. It was one of those things where I'm so glad. I mean, he was able to bring obsession to me and I was absolutely blown away and had a great time. And I was glad that I could bring this to him. And he had such a good time playing that as well. Excellent. Scott, what's this I see about scented candles setting the mood for your game night? Uh, I don't know what kind of game night you're having, but tell me about scented candles. What What is this note supposed to mean? Well, it's all about role playing, uh, if you may <laughs> ask. Uh, but no, seriously, it is about role playing. Uh, the Crafty Gamer, I just stopped by there just for a second. I'm one of those guys that, like, you see a candle, you, you gotta smell it, no well, matter yeah. what it is. And then you see something like it says, a cemetery? Pfft, hell yeah, I'm gonna smell that thing. I wanna see what, a, what someone's idea of a cemetery smells like. Mm -hmm. So I smelled it. Now, granted, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was, it was well. A cemetery was doesn't have to pleasant. smell bad. It, it's just a field with stones well, in it. Whenever the candle is gray, a dark gray, you're thinking oh, this like isn't going to be pleasant. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was kind of neat. Then you go down a little bit further and you find like a little village. It smells like a bakery. It's, ooh, this is kind of neat. Then you get to, I saw an underwater cavern, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is going to be really, like, musty. And it. it was so unbelievably pleasant. I wanted to get that and have my home smell like an now, under, hold underwater hold cavern. Up. So you mean to tell me, if I'm DMing a game and we're in the village, I got, okay, guys, hang on one second. And I light this candle. And you know it takes five minutes before, like, the wax Well, you got to turn on the exhaust fan and everything, get rid then, of, like. But then they're like, okay, wait a minute. We're going to leave this village and we're going to go to the underwater cavern. What do you, you got to, like, turn on a box fan, point it out the way to put the candle out, light up. Hold on, guys. Let me light up a different candle. <laughs> I hey, you know, hey, I poke fun, but this sounds kind of. If you care about your gamers, you'll do that. If you care, Patrick. Yeah. If you care. <laughs> no, but it was it was just absolutely delightful smelling these things, talking to people. They have little wax things you can put in your wax heaters to sm get the smell instead of lighting a candle. Mm -hmm. So many different uh, scents. I mean, there must have been. 30 different uh, scents. I almost wanted to say flavors, but no, I did not taste <laughs> Don't the, eat candles. the candles. <laughs> no, uh, but it was absolutely delightful what they had there. And such a great idea for if you're really into role playing games, just those simple little things to make it that much more memorable. Yeah. Like you were saying with getting the extra bits for your board game and everything to make it that much more special. This is a way to make your role playing adventure that much more special. 
Speaking of absolutely special, on Sunday, you notice I had some company at the con. I know. I tried to keep them away from you, and I said, no, I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> Hepner is not taking guests today. Right. But they pushed on through. So my wife and daughter made, made it out to the con. They actually came out a couple days early. They wanted to do the Columbus Zoo. There's apparently a zoo show of some sort on Disney that focuses entirely around the Columbus Zoo. So they came out and checked it out, and she was blown away. They said it was massive and had a great time. They did uh, like a merry-go-round ride while they were there. But Sunday, they managed to make it to the con. I said to my wife, you guys really should come in for a day. I think Sarah's going to love this. So they got their tickets early. Sarah's free. That's the other thing. Children under 12 were, were free. So they're walking around all these booths. They're playing these games. And she's just like lighting up. We It actually turned into a little game for her. Like, okay, let's be honest. A seven-year-old at a convention, you know, even with a wide variety of games, there aren't a slew of other seven-year-olds for them to play with. So what, what do you do? Those little banner things that you can clip onto your name tag, you know, like mm-hmm. like I was, I found one that said Dragon Rider, Dragon Shield, gave it out, and then they have like the gamer ones and things, Frost Haven, whatever. Yeah. Sarah made it a point to try and collect as many of those as she could, and I swear it was like she was wearing a tie by the end of it. She had like thirteen little banners tagged. Tell you something else. Kids are like a magnet for free stuff at these things. It, I mean, not for mm-hmm. me, but like every booth she went to, people were like, here, honey, take this. She had pins up and down that lanyard. It was amazing. She had a blast, a blast. And she and Chris both went out. They bought like seven or eight games. So they were there. We got a whole slew of things to play. The winner so far with Sarah has been Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. She loves oh, it. Oh, yes. Well, it's funny because. I went out, I was getting ready to leave, and I saw your wife and child outside. I was talking to them, I'm saying goodbye, and at that same moment, a guy from Chip Theory came up, tapped Sarah on the shoulder, and said, I know if you come back over to Chip Theory Games, I think we have a pin there waiting for you. So it was just like, actually, it was a magnet of free stuff there. She didn't just get a pin. I was standing over there by Chip Theory also. They were going to give me a copy of, well, they did give me a copy of Burn Cycle that we have a review coming, Adventures. But Mm -hmm. they gave it, they have stuffies, like stuffed animals for some characters in their games. Dude just hands her one. They were probably $20 (laughs) retail. They're like, here you go, little lady. And I mean, it's like up and she's sleeping with it now it's it's so cute thank well, you to the Chip thing Theory. that's wonderful about sarah is she really conducts herself with utter like confidence in just that <laughs> quiet strength no i'm sorry she just yells out oh my god and shows all of her emotions right on her sleeve yeah, she's so full of life anytime someone did something she was so thankful and so excited about it how could you not give her free stuff because it was just so heartwarming to see her so happy it was absolutely Absolutely wonderful thing to see her. And you know what? It was great to have them both at the convention. I, they came on Sunday, and I swear it was Sunday. I was waiting for the exhibition hall to open all those vendors because we had to capture all kinds of audio for this episode. And I look over there. It's not open yet, but there you are early in the hall. How did you get over there? The media well, badge, I was sh- it the very important gamer badge? <clears throat> no, 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 no. I was told by someone, uh, <clears throat> Brown, um, <laughs> that we were able to get in an hour early since we were media. Well, that's not true. Uh, they wouldn't let me in, but there was one person from Steve Messenger Art. Let me give you a hint. His name's Steve Messenger. Oh, <laughs> that's never would have Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's with me. So I went in and I walked around and I'm like, oh, well, thank you so much. She's like, I hate whenever people just put rules in for rules. 
So I'm, I'm walking with him. I'm talking to him a little bit. And it was one of those things where I didn't feel right about just saying, hey, thanks, and just wandering off. Right, So right. I went over to his booth, and I talked to him for a little bit and, and went through the whole thing, hearing all of his jobs he did in the past and how he got into artwork, looking at his artwork. His artwork is all hand done. It's not digitally done anymore or mm -hmm. anything like that, like a lot of people do. So you see all the hash marks of the shading and everything and absolutely gorgeous work he does. And one of the things I loved, and I kind of wish he never said this to me, I'm going through the pictures that he has there and I'm like, oh my God, this Mr. Freeze is gorgeous. That is absolutely amazing. He goes, yeah. Until a friend of mine said, asked me, um, when did Nicolas Cage play um, Mr. Freeze? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. What makes you say? Oh, dear God. It is the absolute likeness of Nicolas Cage as Mr. <laughs> Freeze. Once you see it, you cannot unsee oh, it. Oh, that's a shame. But, but. I could definitely see him playing this role. I mean, you see him in that visage there, and it's a, it's an absolute given. It's got to be Nicolas Cage as Mr. Freeze in the next Batman movie. It's freaking awesome. So if they do anything with Nicolas Cage in that, Steve Messenger better get some sort of credit for this. Well, speaking of credit, before we get on to the interviews that we had and a bunch of the games that we want to talk about, one last thing we want to give a big thanks to the hungry gamer, Will Brown. I have no idea why, but for some reason, he's sort of taken us under his wing. And when we go to these mm -hmm. conventions and whatnot, we'll just get random texts and be like, hey, meet me at this booth right now. And it's some exclusive like, wow, only the only content creators or something that like we would not have been able to do if it wasn't for him, right. you know, sort of pulling us in, you know, uh, to, to, I don't want to say dragging us along, but but allowing us to come along and, and show us where some of the neat stuff are. And we got to play some games with him. Uh, we'll talk about a few of them. For now, let's get a sip of coffee and then let's get on to the games. What do you say, Scott? That sounds like a plan. All right, adventures, the part that we want to share the most, the games that we played, some of the excitement going on at Origins, and some of the interviews right from the publisher. Scott, can I kick it off? You most certainly can, sir. All right. You'll recall we were talking about games that we are super excited for, and I don't know if I was super excited about it, but I did get to play some Heroes of Arcadia, the game that has you trying to rescue the drink horde that's been stolen. It's a dungeon crawler where your player piece is a glass that has little marks on it to show, like, here's 60 health and... 55, 50, mm -hmm. et cetera, and you roam around doing stuff on the board. Uh, I'm going to talk about it a little bit deeper next episode, I think, so that we can give a little rundown of how it plays, but I did get to play Heroes of Arcadia. Uh, that's from Roll a Crit. We famously could not find out who actually designed this thing, but it was a successful Kickstarter some time back. They had demos going. It was fun. It was kind of what you'd expect. You know, the game is, is awfully light, and whenever I said, you know what, I'm excited about this, it looks like there might be some game... And I mentioned that it looks like maybe it's the first portion of Betrayal at House on the Hill. And that's mm -hmm. very much what it is. Like you walk around from one hex to the next and you're collecting some things. You're running into some monsters. So if you don't beat them, you have to, you have to dump out some drink. Now, again, I'm going to get into the actual gameplay in our next regular episode. But I thought it'd be funny to bring up here because it said 21 and up to sign up and play. And I was like, Holy crap, is Origins going to give me a beer? This is great. <laughs> Do I just take damage on purpose and keep respawning? <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry, I couldn't hold that one in. No, they uh, they did uh, water and they actually used little colored droplets so that like the red player had red water, etc. And whenever you would take damage to take a drink, instead you'd lift up your glass and pour it into this big old bowl that the guy was calling the bowl of shame. So they found a cool way to emulate that. But no, there unfortunately was not any free drink to be had while playing. I'll talk a little bit more about the game. All in all, it was passable for what it is. It did not wow me. I'm not going to be looking mm-hmm. to do a late pledge or anything. And I'll explain why a little bit next episode. What you got, Scott? Well, another one of the games that I was looking forward to was Usurp the King mm-hmm. from DPH Games. <laughs> oh, boy. Trying to find out where we were playing this, that was rather interesting. Oh, yeah? Because it ended up that I was the only person signed up for the time period that we were going to be playing Oh, it. no. Well, not only that, but the section where we were set up, they actually had Call to Adventure. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, we can't throw them out of the the table because they're in the middle of a game learning how to play it. So let's just set ours to another table and we'll play it there. Well, then the Origins police came in and they're like, well, no, you can't renumber a table. You have to keep the tables where they are. (laughs) Sure. So we put everything back in the designer. I got a chance to play with the designer. He actually writes out the sign that table three is now identifying as table two. So that's what he did there so we could get in there and get a play in. Well, we talked for it a little bit, and then a third person came over, so we had three people playing this. Mm-hmm. And this is a really neat little game here, a card game of deception and loyalty and different things like that to the king. But there are like five or six different ways you can win. Mm-hmm. If the heir is successful, he'll win if the king is dead and the knight is still alive. Or the jester will win if the heir is dead. All these different things have to happen. So you have all sorts of death and dismemberment and loyalty and a secret book where you hide a dagger and all these different things going on in this game. I'll go more into it later on in a future episode, but it really turned out to be a fun game. And it was even more fun whenever I went up to actually get my copy. The designer was like, yeah, go up, talk to them. They'll, they'll give it to you for a better cost. Okay, well, I'll do that. I go up and I have a picture. I'm like, so what if I'm actually king at a Renaissance fair? What do you do? And he knocked off five bucks. So I'm like, okay, that works out good. Okay. So that was kind of fun there. So, I mean, crowns get you places. It's kind of good. <laughs> it's, it's good um, to be the king. <laughs> yes. Usurp the king. It was a nice little gem that I was not really expecting. I mean, I was excited to see it. But it turned out to be a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So really, really happy with Usurp the King. Excellent. Let's switch it over to Pandasaurus. We had a chance to chat with Brian in the latter half of the con on Sunday. They had all kinds of things going up. We've talked about Dinosaur Island raw and right on the show before. Oh, yes. they, have a, they have a few things on the horizon. So let's kick it over to Brian. Hello, this is Brian from Pandasaurus Games. Welcome from Origins 2022. Want to say we're having a great time here. Wish you were all here to join us and try out our great new games. We released a new game called Sobek Two Players uh, by Bruno Cathala, a really nice, tight, easy strategy game for two players that plays in about 20 minutes for only 30 bucks. Pick that up if you haven't, it's amazing. A surprise seller for us this con has been Brew, which has been out for about a year, but we sold out of it. Um, people are just really digging that. It has great art, fantasy style art, has been a really good seller. 
Dinosaur Island Roar and Write, which came out last November, has also been a huge seller for us. People love it. it has a 7.9 on Board Game Geek, uh, so it's doing really well. And then our other new one just came out in uh, February is Truck 12, another Roll and Write, Brutal Cathala. Amazing, easy to learn, and it plays up to like 50 players So because you're all sharing dice. So give that a try for your family if you're looking for something new. We're going to have you guys at Gen Con? We will be there with oh. some surprises. Ooh, looking forward to I it. I hope you like nachos. Tell you what, Scott, there was a lot of buzz over at Pandasort. They had a big space, man. Oh, they most certainly did in their color scheme that they have. I mean, you cannot miss it. Super I bright mean, you orange. See that bright orange. <laughs> Boom, Pandasaurus. Yeah, Pandasaurus has some cool things coming on the horizon. Let's talk about a game that blew us away a bit. Well, it did for me anyway. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts about Lunar Rush. This was from Dead Alive Games. What did you think of that one? I mean, you were really blown away by that. And sometimes we have differing ideas. I forced you to so play. <laughs> I was, I'm trying to keep it nice here. Okay, sir. But no, we got a chance to sit down. I love the mechanics of it. It's so interesting whenever you play it. It's like, I'm going to get there first, but I can only take a couple things with mm -hmm. me. Or I'm going to take my time, but I'm going to load my ship up to get up to the moon. It's going to take a little time, but boy, once I get there, I'm going to build the crap out of my stuff. It's such an easy little idea of what you're doing, but it's executed in such a way that really makes it interesting. Mm -hmm. This could definitely be like some sort of pirate game or something like that, but they did it with more of a futuristic setting. I loved it. It was really, really good. And I can't wait till this comes out. We get a chance to actually put it on a table and play it. Now, just for fun, I was at the table going back and saying hello to those guys. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple people that came up and Will Brown was helping them out there. Would you like to learn how to play Lunar Rush? Um, you know, well, no, we, we've got some things to, no, not right now. Well, Will has some acting background and I have some acting background. So I figured let's have some fun. So I end up, I run back to a recycling bin that's close by the booth and I yell back, excuse me, sir. I was being a responsible human being <laughs> recycling this can. Did you say you're teaching how to play Lunar Rush? Please tell me more. I went up to it, drew them into it. And by the time that the whole demo was done, they signed up for getting updates as to when it hits Kickstarter, mm -hmm. got all the information about it, the little postcards, got a pin. They were absolutely delighted that they stopped in and played that game. But it was just so much fun and such silliness doing this whole bit of, I was just recycling here. Please tell me more. It just chalks up to another one of those silly things you do at Origins that you just have a great time with. Something tells me in the near future, we're probably going to be doing a side quest with Lunar Rush. We've actually built quite a relationship with Brennan and Bernie and Will, and they're mm -hmm. all associated with it. I even had a chance. We were playing uh, Hidden Leaders. Uh, Will was like, oh, have you played this game? I was like, yeah, actually, oh, we yes. chatted about that like a year ago. So I was playing a bunch of Hidden Leaders with those guys. Uh, enough with us. Let's hear what Brennan has to say about the Origins wrap-up from Dead Alive Games. All right, this is Brendan from Dead Alive Games. Uh, yeah, we had a great convention. We learned a lot. It's our first booth, booth with product. Yeah, we sold a little bit. We demoed Lunar Rush, and we got a lot of people interested in the Kickstarter, which is coming up this fall. So super excited about that. Excellent. Yeah. I guess next up is Gen Con. We're really excited. We'll have an even bigger booth and lots of demos. So come check us out and uh, have a look. 
Well, thanks, Brandon. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's always great to talk to Level Up. Cool stuff coming from Dead Alive Games. Keep your ears open for a side quest on Lunar Rush. We're going to get to that ASAP. Definitely a standout game of the con for us from Dead Alive Games, Lunar Rush. Another place that we got a chance to talk to was Chad at 25th Century Games. Now, I picked up Space Explorers from them a, a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. A great, great little game, very similar to Splendor. Wonderful artwork, like with the space race between Russians and Americans and all this great stuff. They're continuing to knock it out of the park. Uh, they have green team wins. Another one that I picked up, I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Gartenbau was just absolutely gorgeous. He had me at Rondell. I mean, that was it. Watering and planting plants, but he said Rondell. I'm like, I will take it. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. Plus, also, he had a sneak peek of one of their Kickstarter games coming out, Blazing, where you're setting up the different armors of the knights and their emblems on their shields. He showed me the sneak peek. I tell you what, the amount of stuff you get in this box in these big wooden pieces that you get. This is another one of those games that you can like put all the pieces in a sock and like protect yourself out in the street. <laughs> of course. I mean, you spin that thing around, people are going to run away from you. Blazing looks absolutely gorgeous whenever it comes out. Garden Bow, absolutely gorgeous as well. They're really knocking it out of the park. I wasn't expecting much. I mean, 25th Century Games, whenever they came out with Space Explorers, I'm thinking, okay, that's going to be their flash in the pan and boom, they're going to go away. But no, they have really, really built up their lives. They're on the rise. And I'm always excited to see what comes out from them. Well, let's hear Chad's wrap up from Origins. See what Chad has to say from 25th Century Games. Hey there, adventurers. This is Chad Elkins from 25th Century Games here on the last day of Origins, which has been a fantastic event. It's go so good to see people back out and, and coming to cons again and actually being around people and, and letting them check out games. Biggest seller by far, Green Team Wins, our upcoming party game. Uh, you're going to find it in retail stores probably late August, September. We have advanced copies here, sold them out super fast. Garden Bow also coming up later on uh, this fall. Sold out super quick. Super excited about that. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to Gen Con in August. We've got some great stuff coming out there uh, with some new retail release games like Ghost Love Candy 2. We're going to debut at Gen Con. Uh, so come by and see us. Awesome. Thanks, Chad. You know, I really want to get a hold of that Green Team Wins. That sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds like a finger pointing, yell at your friends kind of game, and I want in on it. <laughs> Those are always a good time. Scott, I mentioned that I was really looking forward to trying to get a hold of and play Catherine from Capstone Games. It's something about the artwork, the uh, the quick play time, and I mean, it's Capstone. These these guys, first of all, they're not Capstone anymore. They're Arc Nova. <laughs> you look up in the sky, you know, you can yes, see like yes. some some of the uh, some of the companies have their banner hanging from the ceiling, and theirs you can't even tell who it is. There's just that elephant <laughs> and that like pale blue and green. It's like oh, that's the Arc Nova. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I know that if I would have continued with what I thought at the very beginning and making every time I saw a copy of Arc Nova take a drink. Oh, you wouldn't have made it past Thursday. Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I go up to them like, guys, uh, where's Catherine? You know, it's on the website. I really want to find out about Catherine. They're like, well, right now we have uh, one copy and it's with Man vs. Meeple and they actually haven't brought it back yet. So I'm like, wait a minute, you can't put it on the site, you know, the, the big Origins preview list, like, oh, we're going to have Catherine here. Maybe I bought yeah. my ticket because I want to go see Catherine. They go, oh, somebody else had it. I was so you know what? We're going to let Clay redeem Capstone Games. 
Hey, this is Clay Ross with Capstone Games. We're here at Origins 2022, and we debuted Arc Nova for the first time, and it is just going over amazingly. I mean, imagine that. I know the booths have been packed, and it's Sunday where everybody's a little, little low on the gas, uh, but we're making it through, and uh, everybody's really excited about it. We've seen it everywhere. Clinic was another game we debuted here, and that game has also been doing very well. Another awesome game. Uh, but yeah, we're getting ready for Gen Con right around the corner. We'll have Catherine, the cities of the Zyrena. This is a nice tableau builder, 30, 45 minute game. Great summer experience. But yeah, that's what we're rocking for Gen Con, Arc Nova and Catherine. So thanks for having us and thanks for listening to the Level Up Board Game Podcast. Okay, well, we'll wait. We'll wait till Gen Con. I promise you I'm going to get a hold of this game and play it. And it better live, I mean, at this point, it better live up to the expectation because it's eluding me. It's, it's making the... Uh, the, the temptation is what do they call it? It's playing hard to get. It's play, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Another company that we had a chance to check out, and really they put a lot of work into their booth. This wasn't just a couple standees here and there. I mean, they built a wooden booth out of yeah, this. Wasn't here. a curtain on and a C was, stand. Yeah, and this was Ivy Studio. You know, we've talked about them before whenever we talked about Moonrakers. Well, they're coming out with Moonrakers, the big box, oh, yeah. with all these different expansions. And Zach had a chance. He pulled out all the different expansions that were coming out. Super exciting. Another one coming out that we're going to be talking about real soon, Veiled Fate, where you're playing one of the different gods of the pantheon of gods all around the world. And that was really, really very cool game there. And one final thing they had was they had a video version of Moonraker. Yeah, I saw that. So you can play it as video game. I mean, I tell you what, it is knocked down, drag out gorgeous what they did with that. Just the look of it and the work that's gone into the visuals is absolutely amazing. That, that's enough of what I got to say. Let's hear what they had to say. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Zach Dixon. I'm the creative director for Ivy Studios. We're here at Origins. Really stoked to be on the Level Up Board Game Podcast. Um, we've been uh, selling, for the very first time, our game Veiled Fate. Our stock's getting really thin here, so we might sell out here. And we still have a few copies left online, so be, for, be sure to get that quick. Um, and then we've also been demoing our game Moonrakers and Mythic Mischief. Mythic Mischief is currently on a boat over from China. That'll be for sale later this year. But the big, super exciting thing is we have a Moonrakers Titan campaign coming up with three new box expansions that really dive into... Uh, making Moonrakers even more awesome, diving into different pillars like deck building and, and negotiation and world building. And then we were even playtesting something super top secret that we're barely even talking about, but you know, we love Level Up, so we're gonna give a little scoop here. We're working on a digital co-op expansion called Luminor, and it's gonna drop right before the campaign. It's gonna be completely free on Steam, and it's a totally new way to use the base game of Moonrakers. I'm really excited about it. All right. We'll see you at Gen Con. See you at Gen Con. And remember, July 19th, Moonraker's Titan campaign goes live on Kickstarter. All right. Thanks for your time, Zach. Yeah. 
Just got to tell you what, it's kind of cool to be able to put a face to the name at the bottom of the email. Ivy Studio is one that we've actually gone back and forth a bit for. They provided us the Moonrakers. Uh, we reviewed that back in episode 45, Adventures. You want to hear more about Moonrakers, go check that one out. And next week, we've got Veiled Fate. We're going to be reviewing that one. Both of those were just straight up provided by Ivy Studios. So thank you, Ivy, and thank you, Zach. Yes. Cool to be able to actually see these people shake their hand, thank them in person. So that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And it really helps cement a relationship with them where we get to say see them and thank them for what they're doing and hopefully we're helping them get their games out to people tell you what we also got a relationship going with the op we had a promo code there for a while i see you put down mountains out of molehills did you get to play that one well i got to get a demo of that Mm -hmm. and that was actually one of the games that i got for free whenever i checked into the vig The neat thing with this is this is a an action programming game, mm-hmm. but it's a double layer one. Oh. So you're a mole. They dig tunnels under the ground. You're digging a tunnel underground on the first layer. Well, up on the top layer, you get to see where they're going, and you stack little blocks on there. Now, when, when you and say layers, just so I can – because I saw one standing there, but I want adventurers to understand. There's like, there's like two boards, one on top of the other, and the one on the top is supported by – like four beams, right? That's that's yes. mountains out of mold. So it's probably a good six inches above the baseboard. Mm-hmm. Which means most men would so, describe it as nine inches above the baseboard. Uh, <laughs> we'll be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> Try the veal. Um, but anyway, you are digging through the ground and you're trying to set up and get the most points by building the biggest amount of tunnels. So are you going to go straight, then turn, then go straight, then turn? Oh, but wait, they someone went before you, and they dropped a rock in front of you. Oh, well, there went your turn. So you really have to stop and think what the other players are going to do. Now, I only got to play a two-player game of this real quick, but there is a four-player version of mm-hmm. this. And I can only imagine the absolute confusion that can come with this. They have delightful little acrylic moles that you have that you're digging underground. Very well detailed, the coloring, the drawing of them. Absolutely. It's just so much fun. This is another one that you look at that they put in in all the bags for the VIG players. So that means they got a lot in there just trying to get rid of them. So it's not going to be that great of a game. I tell you what, this was a pretty good idea because as it went on, I saw more and more people playing this game and it is an absolutely delightful game. I got to take this to SCG sometime. Very simple, but as it goes along, it really gets that much more difficult and strategic. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a great game. I can't wait to play it with you at SCG. Maybe get this in the recent adventures in an upcoming episode. Mountains out of molehills from the op. Very cool. Now, enough of my silliness with moles. Ares games, they're normally known for their like World War One air battle games and really heavy type of like military games. But Well, they got War of the Ring. Different things here with... 
the thing and war of the ring and what's the other one that that you uh got a chance to try out or we're going to try out here soon oh dungeonology i actually i reached out to aries ahead of time because they have a few things that i'm like man i would really like to talk about this on the show namely the thing and they said yeah we don't have enough the thing and what they did have there they sold out of and the idea was oh i'll reach out to them ahead of time i can save them shipping and i can just pick up a demo you know pick up a game at the con or mm-hmm. demo it there or whatever they emailed me back and they said it's actually cheaper for us to just go ahead and ship one to you. So they're going to send us Dungeonology from Ares Games. We're going to get to try that one out. But the cool stuff from Ares Games, the thing has sold out. And one of everybody's favorites game just outside of the top 10 is War of the Ring. There's some news mm. on that. Let's go to Olivia and hear a little bit more about what's on the horizon for Ares Games. Hey, adventurers. This is Olivia with Ares Games at the wrap-up for Origins 2022. This show has been very successful for us with our new release, The Thing, as well with the expansion for Norwegian Outpost and our plastic miniatures. We sold out within two days and we're very excited to continue to show it off at Gen Con and future shows coming down the line. As well, we're excited to release and have with us here Starscrapers, Caven, and Orbital. We have some events going on for that as well this weekend. And then something that we're very excited about, we're going to have the prototype available at Gen Con, is the War of the Ring card game. It's going to be available, we're hoping, for October, hopefully September. It's on the hotness on BGG already. Uh, I know. A lot of people thought it was available here, and unfortunately, we don't have it quite yet. But the prototype, do look, play, ask all the questions, will be available at Gen Con 2022. Awesome. I'll see you then. Yeah, absolutely. Usually anything that's like Lord of the Rings uh, adjacent, I'm always for. So War of the Ring card game. Card game is something that I love the ease of portability with playing those things. And Lord of the Rings, I'm in on that one already. Mm -hmm. Running low on supplies during your adventures? Don't want to shell out too much coin to gear up? Level Up's got your back. We've teamed up with Tabletop Tycoon to get listeners of the show 10% off a couple of the biggest titles they carry. First up, Nemo's War. You've heard our thoughts on this one. A grand strategy game jam-packed with meaty decisions, and the theme here, oh, I tell you what, it tells a story every time you play. Plus, Everdell, an early review here at Level Up and a personal favorite for both of us. If you don't have it, you've got to get in on it. Look, not many games get multiple expansions after they release, only the best. And Everdell, it's one of them. The perk, just for you, is 10% off Nemo's War, Everdell, or the Everdell Collector's Edition just by using promo code LEVELUP2022. You can visit their website at tabletoptycoon.com or click the link on our homepage at levelupgamepodcast.com. Add any of these gems to your cart, that's Nemo's War, Everdell, or the Everdell Collector's Edition, and use promo code LEVELUP2022, all caps, no spaces, for 10% off. Get these games on the table and level up. One of the games getting a big buzz was one called Cat in the Box. There was a booth that had a whole yes. bunch of those uh, those cat trees, you know, made out of carpet and whatnot. Oh, my God. My daughter saw that immediately. They had these stuffed cats in there. And she was like, ooh. And she went over and started batting at the little, like, ball on a string. <laughs> I mean, they so knew what they were So you're saying your daughter's part cat? I, she probably wishes that she was. <laughs> they had a game called Cat in the Box. Scott, you didn't get to test this one, but I did. 
I went into the con Friday morning over to the exhibition hall and there's this line around the Bezier booth. And I just, I'm like, okay, there must be something here that's hot. So I was like, what's this line? And somebody was like, uh, it's for a game that they have limited copies of. And I was like, well, okay. So I get in the back of the line and I'm like, well, I, I guess if I can get a copy, I'll get a copy. Not even knowing what it was. Well, it was Cat in the Box. I got to the front of the line and by then I had learned this is a trick-taking game where the cards don't have suits. And we're going to talk all about this in an episode or two because I got to play it a bunch. They were giving out limited copies. So I made it up to the front of the line. They only had 30 per day and there were like five left, but there were at least 10 people behind me in the line. And I was like, you know what? Somebody else here really, really wants this game. I just, I have never played it. I want it because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it makes me feel exclusive. So I passed on it. I waited in line for 10 minutes for nothing, but I did get to sit down and play it a whole bunch that day. What do you say we chat with Kevin from Bezier, get a little Origins wrap up? Yep. I'm Kevin with Bezier Games. I'm the trade show manager. Origins has been very successful for us. So uh, we came with 180 copies of Cat in the Box, and we are leaving with zero copies. Sold every uh, sold out every day within about 15, 20 minutes. So we are lined up, wrapped around. So Origins was great. We uh, we had three demo tables for Cat in the Box. They've been filled the whole time. If you don't know, if you, you've gotten a chance to play it already. Oh my goodness, yeah, I talked about it on the show. I gotta ask you, is it gonna be at Gen Con? Yes, is the hope. I'm, I'm gonna say, Yes, with 90% certainty. Wonderful, wonderful. Yes, so it's on a boat. <laughs> uh, we're getting there. But um, yeah, it's a really cool spin on a trick-taking game. Um, and gosh, everybody just eats it up. On top of that, we've got Sink or Swim coming in the pipeline. It's a cooperative party game that's uh, very app-focused, but great for a tight group of friends. Uh, plays three to six. I'd say it's best four, five, and six. Origins has been a blast. It's been very successful. Everyone seems to love our cat trees. But for the most part, between uh, Cat in the Box and Maglev Metro, those have been our two big sellers this show. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here on Level Up. Thanks so much, Patrick. All right. Now then, we have our first case of Origins despair. (laughs) You're upset you didn't get in on this one. Yes, I am the trick-taking player here, and I didn't get a chance to play this. I had someone else tell me about this, and I never got actually around to playing it. And I wish I had. I truly wish I had. And I would have been one of those people to pick it up, since I love trick-taking games. Uh, But yeah, Cat in a Box, I heard all sorts of great things about it. Everywhere you turned, you saw those black cats in a box. And all I could think of was, hey, there's a employment opportunity for my one cat i'm gonna have to talk to them <laughs> bartok would fit in perfect yes you know it's he got, would i'll tell you what they're gonna have this uh full on I, I think they said at gen con they expect to have non-limited amounts of cat in the box so maybe i'll pick up a copy i know this is your style of game i was gonna use it as a recent adventure in an episode or two so i could deep dive into the details of how to play this trick taker but maybe you know what i think this has just enough meat on the bones that this could actually we'll say a flagship an episode this could be an episode holder down or maybe we'll use that as an upcoming review sometime wow. before the end of yeah well i know we're gonna end up playing it anyway so as much as we can we want to both be able to attest to the review game maybe keep your ears open for cat in the box good one hearing that that's a deep enough game it makes me want to play it even more scott did i say we both left the con with games from first fish games i think that we did well, what'd you get I came home with a little gem called Town Builder Covorden. This is a great little game. Now, I've been playing it just solo, 
but this is a great game to take to travel with because it's not that big. It doesn't overtake your table or anything like that at all. And the other thing is I love the multi-use cards. The cards can be either used for victory points mm -hmm. where you've built something as here is the recipe you need to build this. Right. Or as a resource where you have the resource on it. So you can just figure I'm never going to build this. So let's use this as a resource to build something I will. Very simple to set up. Beautiful artwork. It really kind of gives me kind of a splendor feel okay. in the game, the way it plays, because you have judges that you need to make a certain amount of certain type of houses in order to get extra points. Mm -hmm. But very simple to play, very easy to set up. This one really surprised me. I came across this one on Sunday and just stumbled upon it. And they're like, did you hear about this? Why no? Please tell me more. Well, there, tell me more turned into here. Sell me more. <laughs> yes. And what did you go home with? Ducks in tow. They they showed my wife. Uh, the, the artist was there. The designer of the game was there. You can tell the, the lady on the box is the lady that, that designed the game. So oh. uh, I don't know much about it. Hoping to talk about it more in an upcoming episode, but uh, it has something to do with ducks. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was really cool was getting to touch base with Dave Beck from Paverson Games. Paverson does Distilled. This was a big Kickstarter success like a year ago, and I had the chance to play mm -hmm. it on TTS with Teacher Ryan, of course. And I, I told you, Scott, you're going to want to check out more about this game. What would you think about that? I really liked it. I really liked the idea of all the spirits that you're building, getting the recipes for everything. I, I love my whiskey. I will say that. I love the little taste of it and everything. I don't like Dave's idea of what is a good single malt scotch. Oh, but we'll, oh he likes the peaty stuff, doesn't he? Yes, he <laughs> does. And we're going to have to have a long conversation over a few drams there, I believe. But yes, it really, really did tick that whole thing of I need to get in on this game and play more and more of this game. I can't wait till it comes out. So... I don't know. That's, did you get a chance to talk with Dave? Oh, I talked with Dave a good bit. We don't have him in the wrap-up, but we did chat with him in our During the Cons. You can go back to that During the Cons side quest or way back in episode 48. Andrew joined us for that one, and that's one that I used distilled as a recent adventure, one of our recent plays. I wouldn't be surprised to see this one actually come back on the show for a feature review. It's that good, a lot of fun, and dude gave out shot glasses, which was a really, really cool little con gift. It most certainly was. Now, Patrick. Yes, sir. Something that you'll learn at Origins is that there are sometimes that there are games that just draw you back again and again and again. Wait, well, are you doing the Emperor it, from Gladiator? Uh, huh? I'll just I'll play the audio clip. Again and again and again. Okay. <laughs> well, yes, yes, I was. Ah, there but it is. Tying in with this. One of those games that just kept drawing us back again was Brotherwise Games and Empire's End. Oh, yeah. This was such a great culmination of Space Base and No Thanks. Mm -hmm. The two things came together in such an elegant way that we played this game at least five, six, seven times during the, the entire con. We got to the part that we would get there and Christian would be like, oh, it's you guys again. Ah, yeah. Go ahead. Play. 
we were teaching people how to play. We were we should have had Brother Wise game shirts on. <laughs> no kidding. By the time we left. You know what I actually reached out to Chris? I think come Gen Con Adventurers, I don't have the time and date yet, but Chris said, Yeah, that's cool. I'm probably gonna at least spend an afternoon at the Brother Wise Games booth, hopefully demoing Empire's End for those that are interested. And it's a chance to meet yours truly, and we can sit and chat about what you've been playing and loving at Gen Con. So keep your ears open for when to find me there. Let's see what Chris has to say about Origins from the Brotherwise perspective. This is our first con since the pandemic started, so it feels really good to be back here. Uh, we had some new games being shown, Castles by the Sea, which just finished kickstarting. It'll be in stores early next year, but it is just a gorgeous sandcastle building game where you play these little shorelings, these little guys who live down at the beach and, and live in sandcastles. A lot of fun. Empire's End is the new John D. Clare that we are building out now for a uh, crowdfunding campaign, probably in November. This one was probably our buzziest game of the show. A lot of people talking about it. It is not an Empire Builder. It's an Empire Saver. You are starting with an Empire at its apex, and the Barbarians are knocking at the gates. A little bit like No Thanks in that you're bidding away disasters as they come your way. We've still got a lot of our old favorites out. Night of the Ninja, a fantastically quick uh, social deduction game. Dragon Prince has been getting a lot of playthroughs, a, a little tactical battling game. And of course, Epic Origins is the latest in the Call to Adventure series. That is going to be in stores in just three or four months, I suspect, uh, and has been a hit as well. It's been a terrific con. Uh, we really enjoyed our time here. Everybody seems to be ready to be back gaming and in person, and um, it just feels really good. So thanks to Level Up for having us uh, chat about it. We're going to get you at Gen Con? We'll be there. All right. See you then, Chris. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. This one is definitely going to be coming up sometime in the future as a main feature of one of our episodes because we had that much fun and there's that much to this game that will make it absolutely a special cornerstone to one of our episodes. Oh, yeah. Scott, I was really delighted to pick up a game called Yummy Yummy Monster Tummy, and I will be talking about this in an upcoming episode. You and I had the chance to sit down with Bree from Lucky Duck Games. How about we start this one listening in on Bree? Hi, I'm Bree Goldman from Lucky Duck Games. I'm director of marketing here, and we've had a terrific convention at Origins 2022. Best sellers here have been Destinies and King of Twelve, as well as our two kids' titles, Kids Chronicles and Yummy Yummy Monster Tummy. I know, I love it so much. It is the cutest game. I love it when the monsters burp. Oh, yeah. And also, they like they jump up on the little crate and they point at their they point at their mouth. It's the <laughs> most adorable thing ever. So coming later this year, we have at Gen Con, we will be releasing It's a Wonderful Kingdom, the follow-up, the two-player and solo follow-up to It's a Wonderful World. Uh, and then later this year, we will have the uh, the retail release of Flamecraft and also the retail release of Oros. And then we have a couple of other things in the pipeline that I don't have specific release dates for, but... One thing that I do have upcoming will be a new Lucky Duck Kids title called Turtle Splash. All right. This is a little bit of a scoop for you guys. Right. Turtle Splash is coming probably in like three to four months. And it's an absolutely adorable kids game of dex it's a dexterity and memory game. Excellent. And it has the most adorable art. I can't even wait to show you. It's so cute. My wife and daughter are here today. So Fantastic. And I'm thinking... I have got to get the well, yummy, yummy monster tummy. I've got to get that in front of my daughter. She's going to, it recognizes the cards. Yep. 
she will put it down. Awesome. I guarantee it. Yep, they have the cute other cards have QR codes on the back. So you hold them over your device as you're playing, and you'll so you hold them uh, art side up, and you feed them to the monsters by having the camera scan the QR code on the back. And then you can see the item actually on the screen going That's in right. the now. Perfect. Exactly. Well, Bree, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on Level Up. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we're kind of expecting to like chat with Bree about what the podcast can do for them. And it actually it turned into a little demo of Yummy Yummy Monster Tummy. And this game is probably great for six to eight year olds, but I'm telling you what, it is great for 38 year olds. I really like this game. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to like it, but I did. <laughs> I <know. laughs> uh, it, just so, I mean, the technology is so clever for yeah. it. But oh my God, watching your card go down the gullet of some monster was just absolutely delightful and trying to match the colors like you get three cards to match the colors the monsters don't want vegetables so you don't want to give them cards that little vitamin symbol it's like okay i i can see playing this with my <laughs> wife and daughter and having a great little time with it but man i'm telling you i could get the lobsters around and we're gonna be like what are you doing giving him broccoli like i could see this being a perfect little transition game in between two big plays. For that matter, it's got like a mini campaign, like a story mode where you you progress through it. And I thought, I can't wait to find out more about this. You know what's going to happen. So we're going to force Tom at the shop to have to play some yummy, yummy monster tummy. And he's going to be like, you told me you wanted to learn War of the Ring today. And I'm like, no, we're playing yummy, yummy monster tummy. <laughs> it was nice to what meet Bree, though. wrong with you find people? Out. <laughs> It was nice to meet Bree, though, and find out all about what's going on with uh, with Lucky Duck Games. And we got the uh, the chance to meet Gnarls Charles over there. I, I, you mean Gnarly Charlie. <laughs> Gnarly Charlie. Whatever. She was over there, so we got to say hi. <laughs> yes, we did. From her posts on Instagram, we did give a try of Blood on the Clock Tower. And it was a good hour of just pointing fingers at people trying to figure out who a murderer was. So You know what? I was there. watching that one that you and Josh were playing, and something tells me that's going to shine bright when we're playing that mm -hmm. with a group of people that we know. Get eight or ten people, oh, big yes. party or something, get around the campfire and play. I think those social deduction style games, whenever it's people that you don't know, it's like, ah, I'm just pointing a finger at some dude. But when you know yeah, them yeah, personally, yeah, yeah. I will say Bob ended up being the demon. And every oh, time yeah. I – like he had a recognizable face and he had a cane with him. So every time I said, hey, demon Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would see him and I would just, oh, Bob the demon. What's up? <laughs> Scott, we got a couple more here. I want to talk about 44 BCE. Both of us played this, and this was recently successful on Kickstarter. It is done now. So if you're interested in 44 BCE, check out and see if they have opportunities for late pledge. It wasn't a gigantic Kickstarter, but it is a gigantic game. We're not going to get into crazy oh details, but I did want to bring it up because that was pretty cool. It definitely was. In playing with three people, the whole idea is it's kind of a king of the hill type of game. Yes. Where someone is in charge and everyone else is trying to dethrone them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you get the idea that it's just going to be two against one. Team up the on the time. leader. Exactly. But I took a picture, put it up on Instagram, sitting there with Ryan and you on the other side. And all I could think of is, yes, they're out to get me. One of them is going to lie to the other one. Oh, without say, a doubt. I'm going to help you. So it really did turn out to be, I have no idea who I can trust at all during this game. 
it made it that much more fun going around the board, picking out what powers you have, what your actions going to be so much good stuff going on with that game. Yeah, I like that the game does have the scheming, but there's a lot of gameplay on top of it. Not only do you have this like suspicion of each other and there's a little bit of backstabbing going on, but it's all on top of a pretty rich, robust game. And I I think it's going to be a hit. Scott, one that I was really looking forward to getting a demo of was Shovel Knight, but we didn't squeeze it in. We got in Cult of Barnacle Bay, which I actually really enjoyed. It was fun to chat with Jonathan from Panda Cult. Let's see what he's got to say about- Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to remember the first rule of Panda Cult. You don't talk about Panda Cult. (laughs) Hello, adventurers. Jonathan Phelps Bradford from Panda Cult Games here at Origins, and uh, it's been a heck of a show. Uh, It feels so good to be back at the conventions again. Some new sense of normal as things have gone gone on. Uh, It was an amazing show for us at Panda Cult. We had our big uh, showing off of Shovel Knight's Dungeon Duels. Uh, If you're familiar with the video game series, you'll love the board game, being it's a one-to-four-player side-scrolling dungeon crawler, jumping over pits, beating up bad guys, accidentally knocking your friends to try to get the most coins, to face off against the Order of No Quarter. And that's when a huge hit of the show sold almost every single copy we brought. Um, Then we also are showing off our first title that many of you know and love is Wander, the Cult of Barnacle Bay, fighting off bear sharks and tentacle bunnies in our Choose Your Own Adventure campaign game. And most importantly, the long-awaited sequel to Barnacle Bay is Wander LeCluck's Revenge. Ghost Pirate Chicken Lord LeCluck and her mutinous crew are coming to Barnacle Bay. Is that the giant chicken in the yes. case? Uh. <laughs> yes, Ghost Pirate Chicken Lord LeCluck and her Ghost Pirate crew of monkey grunts, ghastly pig gunners, wailing albatross banshees, and rampaging rhino cannoneers. All new heroes, all new adventure that can be played standalone or mixed with the original Barnacle Bay. Well, John, I look forward to seeing you again at Gen Con, brother. Yep, see you around. Thank you so much. Adventurers, I'd like to apologize. Um, this was not the panda cult that I thought we were speaking oh, of. Oh, right. That's another panda cult that I'm not allowed to uh, disclose well, you any just information did. about. Oh, God, they're going to come after me. Scott, we have the Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Expo coming up October 1st and 2nd. They're expanding into board games. They were founded on video games. And I thought, man, Shovel Knight would be a sweet one to demo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Jonathan, hook me up. Get us a copy of Shovel Knight. We're going to show it off to thousands of people. We're going to talk about it on the show. And by the end of it, he was like, yeah, I can sell it to you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's just a little <laughs> too pricey right now. But maybe we'll look to hunt down a copy of Shovel Knight and get it shown off the expo. That would be a great one to have. Tell you what, I almost forgot to mention, well, I did forget to mention at the top of the episode uh, when we're talking about how it's cool to see these people that you only know from uh, from the internet. One of them is Josh, uh, the Explorer Josh. We had a chance to meet up with him and play a few games, one of which was one that he was demoing called The Stuff of Legend. And now this comes from Third World Studios, designed by Kevin Wilson. Uh, definitely going to be talking about this one more in an upcoming episode. I've already been in touch with Third World Studios about getting a hold of a copy because this game was awesome and I think it's going to end up being a feature review. I had no idea what this was. This is the one where like the theme is that you hear the toys. This this little boy is being, we'll say, pestered by the boogeyman and the toys in his closet are going to help him. They're going to take him away from the boogeyman realm, something of that nature. So like I was the little duck, you know, the wooden duck that you pull the string. I was a duck. Someone was the teddy bear, that sort of thing. 
But I didn't know. Why does this remind me of something like Toy Story, but made by Tim Burton? Honestly, yeah. When you look at the art, that is kind of what it does. But I had no idea what this game actually was. I was thinking of like familiar tales, stuff, fables, something along those lines. Because the with the theme, it would kind of make sense. So Josh starts mm-hmm. explaining the game, and and somewhere in that first two sentences, he's like, "And one of you is a traitor." And I, I was like, what? "Oh, this is not what I expected." Yeah, Andrew joined me to play this one, and we're on our way over there. Uh, Andrew uh, from Pittsburgh, not our uh, not our archmage Andrew. We're on our way over to play this game, and he's like, "So what is this?" And I was explaining what I thought it was. And whenever he said, "And one of you is a traitor," I was like, "Okay, this is not what I thought it was." And I typically don't like those like hidden traitor style games. Mm-hmm. This game was awesome. This game was absolutely awesome. Andrew and I are playing with four other people that we don't know. And you're going from location to location. All the while, you're trying to, like, make make the boy not succumb to the boogeyman. Events are happening. And then, like, bad guys are popping up. Like, toy soldiers and other toys that are, like, siding with the boogeyman and the nightmares. They're trying to, to set you back so that you can't rescue the boy. Thematically, it was really cool. The mechanisms within the game, the way that the events pop up, the way that you deal with them, it's card play for the most part, were really cool. Plus, you have at least one traitor, maybe two. Man, we got to a point in this game where it's like, okay, there's five different exits, five different doors. And throughout the events in the game, it's going to reveal which door is the successful way out to save the boy. And we're only about Mm -hmm. halfway up the board, maybe an hour into the game. And we had this access to one door. And I'm telling you what, it took us a lot of work to figure out where this door was. The doors are numbered up to seven. And we found door number six. And according to Josh, the highest numbered door on the board is the right door. But we had only found one, and it was door number six. And we're like, oh, geez. So we could we could try and just take the jump now, or we got to go all the way across all these spaces, find the bridge, and then start sussing out from up there. I don't know, guys. Maybe we do. So, like, every little disagreement in the game, it just turns into a vote. So, we're all like uh, like Caesar, you know, with our thumb out. And we're like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll do it on a vote. <laughs> Somebody found a shotgun. One of the events gave, gave someone a toy shotgun. And in the game, mechanically, what it's going to do is allow you to remove an enemy. But – also in the in the meta game of working with the other players, you then become the person who gets to break the ties. <laughs> so I picture oh. this stuffed teddy bear with a shotgun, like, no, we're we're going through that door. So we all put out our hands. Like, okay, what are we gonna do? Four of us have thumbs up, two of them have thumbs down. It's like, all right, we're going through this door. So this young lady who's playing with us, she she flips the card up and uh, you know, you've gone through the door and she starts flipping the other tokens to see what the numbers are. Four, three, one. And I'm not kidding. Everyone at the table stood up. I start doing like the tap on the table, like the drum roll. <laughs> and it was one of the, like, turns out six won. So we, the, the good guys oh. won the game because six was at that last one flipped up and it was like a five. So, yeah. Like there's actual shouting. People at the con were looking over at our table because we're all so excited about this. <laughs> and I was playing it with strangers. It's not that often that a board game could do that, but the stuff of legend did. And I really, Really want to get a copy of it. Yeah, I know whenever you were finished playing that, you could not stop talking about playing that game. And that is a great selling point, just hearing your excitement about it. I'm definitely looking forward to giving this game a try. I want to hear about Kabuto Sumo from Board Game Tables. This one's been sort of out for a bit, and a lot of the people that we went with were actually volunteering and working with Board Game Tables. I see you got to play that one. Yes, yes, and I actually picked that one up. And this is one that I was just came back from a little vacation in Erie, PA, and my wife actually set it up to play it. So that was a big shocker right there. But yes, in Kabuto Sumo, you play the role of a beetle 
in the woods. Mm-hmm. Being a beetle, yeah, you've got to stake your claim to what's yours. So you set up this little round stump that you're on, and there's all these little stones and stuff laying around you, and you have this little stick that goes along the side that you're pushing things on. So you set yourself each up, and it's really unfortunate that you're looking down on the beetle and you can just see the thong part of like the sumo dress they wear <laughs> yeah. cutting the uh cheeks of oh, said, we get it uh, we get beetle. it hey diaper lady here's my diaper <laughs> but anyway i digress and the whole idea is you want to push the other beetle off of the log mm-hmm. so this could be with a tiny rock it could be with well, there's one that's your dung beetle. So you're pushing a big pile of dung on there to knock off as much as you can. Whatever you knock off goes into your little cache of things that you're going to push back on there to push the other beetle off. So far, I am um, 0-2 against my wife. Oh, no. Um, yeah, but it's fun every time I've played it. It's just silliness. It takes 10 minutes maybe to play it probably takes longer to set up the the stump that you're playing on than it does to actually finish the game but she really enjoys it so that makes it a winner in my box there kabuto sumo very simple kids will love it adults will have a great time with it lots of silliness definitely check that one out good good first impression so things happened with uh, a certain game of Cult of the Deep that we played. Yeah, that's designed by Sam Stockton, published by BA Games. They had Cult of the Deep on display, and I think that was Sam that was actually showing everyone how to play, and I already did the write-up. This is going to be a recent adventure in the very near future. Cult of the Deep, you know what it reminded me a lot of was a a more fleshed-out, we'll say mechanism-rich version of Bang. Bang the dice game. You remember Bang? Mm, yes. Did you get that yes. vibe? Yeah, because you're you're rolling things just like Yahtzee, trying to get things mm-hmm. to fill in where you want them to go. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely get that feeling, yes. Well, we'll save a little bit of thoughts on that. Call to the Deep was there. Game looks fantastic. Get some full thoughts in an episode or two. I'll use that one as a recent adventure, and we'll share everything that we have to say about it. What I do want to talk about is that you missed out on a big game of Septima from Mind Clash. I, I mentioned at the top of the episode, Will Brown sort of taking us under his wing. He sends me a text. He's like, meet me over here right now. So I did. And I don't know where you were at the time. I don't know if I try, if we tried texting you or not, but it was over at the Mind Clash booth to try Septima. This is live on Kickstarter now. And if you go back to last episode in an effort to try and fully flesh out the episode, what with Origins going on, I did a, I did a little bit of a monologue for Septima. It's a game where you're playing witches and there's trials at the end of each phase where you're trying to save these witches from the townsfolk from being burned at the stake, all the while suspicions rising. You're trying to heal people to show the Septima, the high witch, that your coven is worthy of successing her because she's retiring. She's done. She's like, no, I'm going to go live. I'm going to move to Florida. Somebody else needs to take on this high witch role. And, and that's the premise of the game. If you go back and listen to that, uh, that the end of last episode, you can hear all about the mechanisms within. It's a winner. It's a mind clash game that honestly plays in under two hours. And we had a really good time playing it. That really sounds great because I know that I've seen a lot of things and it was kind of tough because mind clash was kind of stuck in the middle of things. 
and it was hard to find their booth at times. But once you found it, it, you always knew where it was. But unfortunately, I came really late to the party whenever I found it, so I didn't get a chance to play that one. Well, let's hear a little bit more about Mind Clash and their experience at Origins. Let's take it over to Robert. Hello, adventurers. I'm Robert from Mind Clash Games. We are so happy to be here for our first time at Origins and do our first public viewing of Septima. We demoed it all weekend here, nonstop. Every table has been filled and everyone has been loving this game. We cannot wait for it to come to Kickstarter on Thursday the 16th. Please come check it out on the Kickstarter. We hope you'll love exactly what we're able to show you and how much we're able to um, offer you with that game. So what if I'm coming to Gen Con? Can I play it there? It will be at Gen Con. We'll also have Perseverance at Gen Con for you to play and check out our latest game to deliver to backers for our Kickstarters and is now available on our web shop. We have both the uh, washed mini deluxe version and the minis deluxe version without the wash. For Perseverance, you can take your castaways, your shipwrecked crew members, take them through surviving on a dinosaur island and then expand them up until the end of the story so far as they await rescue. In Septima, you can take a good midway crunch mind clash Euro game, but teach it up to three to four players and get your first game in in about two hours. No, mind yeah. clash. Mind clash I'm at the wrong booth. Nope, you are here. <laughs> a mind clash game, teach and play three to four players. It plays one to four, but you can do up to four players two hours. You know what? I played it two days ago. I'm going to play it again at Gen Con. I'll see you there, Robert. I'll be looking for you. Thanks to Robert for giving us some time there. It's always exciting whenever something new from Mind Clash comes out. It's definitely going to be on a lot of people's must-buy list there. Oh, yeah. Now, thinking of that, as far as must-buys, now this is another one I didn't get a chance to really get to look at, but I think that you had a chance to check out Chip Theory and Burn Cycle. I sure did. I'm telling you what, I signed up for a playthrough because I hate learning games. And I was like, well, you know what? If I can do a playthrough, I'll learn it. And then they agreed that they – we thank you so much, Chip Theory Games. They gave us a review copy of Burn Cycle. And my deal is always like, well, you know, I'll buy a couple of the expansions or the add-ons and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I have some add-on stuff for Burn Cycle too. Keep your ears open, Scott. You're going to be forced to sit down and learn this thing with me. I went through the tutorial portion of the rulebook. Uh, it is complex, but it all makes sense in the end. Let's listen in to Andrew and hear a little bit about chip theory. Hello, adventurers. This is Andrew Santoro. I'm the social media coordinator with Chip Theory Games. This is our first convention that Burn Cycle has been at, and it is selling like hotcakes. I brought a whole lot of copies here, and I'm not sure how many or if any are going to be making it back with us. The brass minis there, the uh, magnetic miniatures, fully sold out day one. We'll have a bit more at Gen Con, but those are the last of them in the country that we own, at least. (laughs) Once those are gone, they are gone for at least six months. With how quick the game is moving and has been moving, I do have a bit of an announcement about an upcoming restocking campaign on it that will be running on GameFound from July 19th to the 29th. Additional details can be found on all of our socials. You can check those out. We are just Chip Theory Games. They'll have an additional corporation and more bots, I believe, is the current plan. Possibly additional minis. Certainly a restock on the existing ones. 
whole bunch of stuff coming. This is definitely our biggest year to date. We've got Victorum coming out sometime soon. We've got Automaton of Shale, the pop-up book expansion for Too Many Bones. Um, after Victorum is coming, Hoplomachus Remastered. Too Many Bones, we're hoping to see this year. It might be a little bit into next. And then we've got the Elder Scrolls campaign coming up at the end of the year. That's going to be huge. Excited to share more about that in the coming months. And you guys are going to be busy, busy, <laughs> busy, Andrew. It's a huge year for us. We're going to see you at Gen Con? Oh, yeah. All yeah, right, Gen looking Con, forward to it. You. We'll be all over the place this year. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah. Telling you what, man, this is a complex game, but chip theory games, you know what? They kind of remind me of Mind Clash in that you have to earn the excitement. There is a big, we'll say a, not a barrier of entry, but you have to invest the time to learn how to play the game. But on the other end of that time is a rewarding experience. We've seen it with their other games, and I think Burn Cycle is going to follow suit, no doubt. It's great to see that people aren't steering away from more difficult games and heavier games like that, and they keep bringing them out so that's very very exciting scott before we wrap things up and talk about three games a piece that were sort of standout games from the con i do want to mention one called familiars and foes from christopher lees and jordan permy so i sat down to play heroes of barcadia and two of the people that were playing the game with me were christopher and jordan and they mentioned that they're showing off their own game and i said oh you're showing off your own game i'd be glad to find out about it so we traded phone numbers and whatnot, and it took a day or two, but finally had the chance to play this one. Teacher Ryan joined me, went, up, went over and played some uh, some familiars and foes. So Jordan and Chris, they are in the designer toy industry. And as a designer okay. toy, so I thought, okay, a designer board game means like you're heavy into the hobby. They explain, no, they're people that actually design their own toys, and they market and sell their own toys, and they create what they call horrible adorables. I had no idea what a designer toy was until they showed me it. And they're horrible adorables. They are, in fact, adorable. I wouldn't call them horrible. They've got a following on Instagram, but they made a game out of these. And Ryan and I sat down to play it. I'm not going to get into the mechanics of the game, aside from saying that it is a delightful co-op. And I do think that this is one that we're going to have a side quest on. Because while they are entrenched in the toy hobby, they're relatively unknown in the board game side of things. So I want to help them push this game as much as we can, because I had a really good time with it. And I think adventurers will too. I look forward to that. All right, Patrick, we're getting a little bit long here for a quick little origins recap. So let's end things with three games that really stood out from sure. us at Origins. So do you want to kick it off or do you want me to kick it off? I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm going to start with All the right. Lunar Rut. Uh, it, these are in no particular order. This isn't like my top three or anything. These are just three games that really stood out that I can't wait to try out more. First one's going to be Lunar Rush from Dead Alive Games. And I know, well, you guys are friends with Dead Alive Games. Well, that's true. Lunar Rush is amazing. <laughs> I think it's Will's yes. brother that designed this. And every time I finish a game, I'm like, I want to play again. It's got that element of, well, like you said, three tracks up to the moon, three tracks back. The idea is that you're going up to the moon and you're creating all of these resources. You're taking them back to Earth to sell them. The way up can be quick, medium, or slow. The way back to Earth can be quick, medium, or slow. And the, depending on the mm -hmm. timing, you know, that's going to weigh in on how much stuff you can take. Well, you can go up slowly, but it's going to cost, you know, you're going to be able to carry a lot of things. Or you can go up quick, but you can only take up two things. While you're on the moon, 
though. You have these modules, they call them. They're they're basically your abilities. Like I can take three of this resource and convert it into one energy. Or I can use some resources and replace that module. So now instead of three for one, I can do a one for one trade. And ideally you're mm-hmm. making ore and you're making crystals that you can send back to earth quickly if you need to sell them right away or slowly if you want to sell a bunch to basically cash in on points. We, I had a great time with this one in Tabletop Simulator. I'm really glad that you joined me for a playthrough with that one. And you yes. know what? I'm really glad Dead Alive got a hold of this because this is the type of game that I think is really going to appeal to hobby board gamers, and yet it's still approachable enough that other folks are going to join in. Kind of like a terraforming Mars style game. There's a lot of meat on the bones here, but it is still approachable. And quite frankly, it's fun. What you got, Scott? Give me a game that stood out. Well, one that stood out for me was kind of like a fever dream, if you will. Mouse cheese cat cucumber. <laughs> Not to be confused with taco now, cat goat cheese pizza. Yes, yes. Now, from the BGG page, let me just give you an idea right. here. Each character in the game wins differently. The mouse is trying to get to the cheese. Okay. No, the cat sense. wants the mouse. Sure. The cheese wants everyone to get along. They're neutral because they're Swiss. Uh, ah. <laughs> And the cucumber is evil and wants to trap all the characters together. Now, I love it. The cucumber is dressed like an Austrian World War I soldier. He's got that, like, Kaiser helmet on. Yes. You are playing different tiles down and trying to lead your character that you're playing to where it needs to go. It all goes together. You can build a puzzle out of this thing whenever you're done. You could end the game in two minutes. You could end the game in 15 minutes. You don't know. But it is just an absolute crazy experience. It was one of those things that you're sitting there like, what exactly am I playing? (laughs) But it was just fun. Yeah, that that one was a fun one. You, You place a tile and the tile is going to allow you to rotate and switch other tiles and do all sorts of things. And the tiles, they have hallways on them. So correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, the cheese starts on the board. And then one of the tiles at some point will have the cat. So if you're the cheese, obviously you want to rotate tiles so that the hallways go in all sorts of directions, not leading towards the cheese. I mean, there's there's actually a good bit of thinking going on in what is otherwise, I mean, it's called mouse, cheese, cat, cucumber. You would think, oh, this is going to be like a, a child's game. Kids can grasp it, but there's some game here. Imagine it being a game of tag in an M.C. Escher picture. <laughs> well put. I think that's the best way of putting it. And the designer, Seppi Yoon, from what I understand, I thought this was a fever dream. We heard that his next game coming out is even more of a fever dream. So I can't wait to see where this one I'm goes. I'm scheduled for a playthrough at Gen Con. That next game, I, I think it's called Conquest Princess. And uh, yeah, excited to find out more after Mouse, Cheese, Cat, Cucumber. Cool. Standout, Scott. Cool. Okay. Well, what was your second one you were excited about? Well, second about? one I already talked about a bit, so I'm not going to get too deep into it. And that's the stuff of legend. And the reason why I'm super stoked about it is because it is rare. It is rare that game gets me to stand up and cheer or pump my fist or something or, or create a camaraderie, in this case, with absolute strangers. I can't wait mm-hmm. to play this one some more. I hope that it lives up to that first experience every time I get to the table. Time will tell, and hopefully we'll talk about it again in a future episode. The Stuff of Legend. What you got, Scott? 
My second one was distilled. The idea of building the recipes for the different kinds of alcohol, for the different types of drinks, all the different things that go on, leaving the other part for the tasting to affect the other alcohol you're going to be building later on. Everything really worked well together. And this is one that I can't wait to get to the table, a glass of my favorite scotch, and just sit there and relax and play this game. So definitely looking forward to, to, to Distilled. We're going to email them and see if we can't get a get a copy, like immediately. Immediately. <laughs> okay, our third one, I think we probably are sharing here. And spoiler alert, we're both looking at the same Google Doc to <laughs> And I think we do. It's Empire's End from John D. Clare, who I'm pretty sure is always referred to as John D. Clare, never just John Clare. And that's when it's dinner time <laughs> at the household. His wife says, John D. Clare. Mashed potatoes are ready. <laughs> Empire's End is a phenomenal game. You said it earlier. It's got the combination of like no thanks and space space. The no thanks part being, okay, you have this row of tiles that represent different territories in your empire. And each of them have some point value. The game is basically flipping up disasters one after another. So a disaster comes up and it says whatever tile is in your fifth spot, that's going to blow up. So we each have a bidding mm -hmm. screen and I and it says on that card you can bid wheat or hammers to say no this isn't happening to me. So I'll reach from behind my my little player screen and I'll set a wheat on it and I say no thanks basically. I don't want this to happen to me. And it goes around the table Scott says no thanks. Will says no thanks and it's back to me. And I look at that five tile and I'm like, well, it is a 12-point tile, but if I just go ahead and let this happen, I get the benefit listed on the bottom of the card, which slides underneath any one of my other locations, and I get the resources that have been bet on it. So now I have more no thanks power, more passing power, if you will. Mm -hmm. I think what draws me to it and kept me coming back throughout the con is that it is elegant. It feels familiar. There's not a lot of like, oh, wait, how does that work? And usually whenever a game does that, it means it's too simple or it's not deep enough for me. This has depth and I really enjoyed it. It's yours as well. It's the third one that you put on your list for standout games. Yeah. And I'm going to keep some of mine here for whenever we actually get it and get deeper into it to get more in depth with it. But it was one that I looked at multiple ways of winning this mm -hmm. game. And each time it came back, I tried something completely different. So there was never any time that I played the two games similar. Mm -hmm. I would go with either a ton of, of the axes. I would go heavy in military, or I might go heavy in the wheat. It was different each time I played it. So that was the important thing of going in and trying something new each and every time I played it. So that made it enjoyable for me. But yeah, we'll go more into that later on whenever we get a copy and we get a chance to really dig in there, kick the tires and check the engine. Well, Scott, that's going to do it for this side quest episode 63. We don't do a level up on side quests, so we'll have to save our collective level ups for next episode adventures get back and listen to episode 62 meeples and monsters was our feature game from aeg we talk about ivion septima by the vote and the search for planet x episode 61 was during origin so you want to hear some of the shenanigans some of the interviews from the folks that we did while we were there that's where you find it i guess in lieu of a level up scott give me a sign off hey cut that shit out <laughs> all i heard were two cats over and it was like right next to me on the other side of this bookcase. And I was like, no, I'm not going to cope with that. 
Thank you so much for joining this adventure of the Level Up Board Game Podcast. We encourage all adventurers to check out our website at levelupgamepodcast.com. There you can submit your thoughts and audio to be used in a future episode. Please consider rating us on iTunes. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and join the Board Game Geek Guild, Guild 3722. Music for the podcast provided by Adam Haynes. Learn more at adamhainesmusic.com. And remember, you can spend another night on the sofa, or you can get some friends together, get some adventures on the table, and level up.